It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's what I was about to ask you next. What has been your relationship with yourself since the procedure? My relationship with myself was horrific. Mm-hmm. I hated my body in every single way possible. Um, I actually suffer from um, body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. I am never satisfied. I don't know what it is. I am very slim. You know, I I have what appears to other people as a nice body, but in my mind, when I look in the mirror, mm. I never used to see it. I see it now, but I never used to see it before. And it was this constant thought that I was less than a woman, less than a woman, because what makes a woman was taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And I was told that that's, that's what makes a woman. Um, and it was really difficult, even with sex. My first sexual experience was through uh, sexual violence, mm. uh, was through rape, whilst I was a virgin. You know, I was physically rammed through after physically being traumatized by the procedure. And that caused even more damage. It caused me to rip. Um, so 
I was literally closed from top to bottom. And I had, again, really small holes. Um, and the, the vaginal opening hole was a little bit bigger um, than the urination hole, which was tiny. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, was, it was brutal. And I remember my body going into shock and me kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. It was as if everything was in like slow motion. Like I know that's not humanly possible, but that's what it felt like to me. It felt like I was taking hits, but I just couldn't, it wouldn't register as quick as it was happening. I mean, you was traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was 18 when it happened with no sexual experience at all. Uh, apart from what I used to learn in high school right. about sex and never having the conversation with uh, my parents, never having the conversation with my siblings, hardly ever with my friends. I used to be scared of the topic. And m- most of my friends didn't even know that I had FGM because it was my dirty little secret. I right. thought I was the most disgusting thing ever. Mm. And then we choose partners that are not worthy of us. But because we have zero value, almost zero value on ourselves, for ourselves, that no one else values us. So because we think the first people that have let you down is your own family. Yeah. Everybody that comes after that, it's only natural that you would expect the fucking same. Right. So you're being treated like shit, no matter what you do. You're always trying to like uh, people please. You're trying to, you know, um, make everybody happy and you're trying to prove something and you're trying to seek everyone's approval, um, make everyone respect you. I mean, but that's what, what we're taught though. Yeah, but whilst you're doing that, all you're showing them is how pathetic you're actually, you're proving them right. Because they are doing something harmful and you're constantly going back. Mm. It's like we're going back for more. Right. But we don't realize it because we're, that's the way that we're programmed mm-hmm. to just keep going back, keep going back, trying, trying, trying to fix something that cannot be fixed. Right. You know, uh, and one person cannot go against the whole entire fucking society to change its ways. That has never happened apart from the prophets. And I sure hell ain't a prophet. Right. Um, so it's, 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 a, it's a, one of the most fucked up practices that will the world will find very, very challenging mm. to end in all its forms. I believe FGM has to be the number one, but it's ruining lives, it's ruining relationships. It's, it's really heartbreaking. But one other thing I want to add is this idea that um, f- women who have had FGM are sexually dysfunctional is the most fucked up thing I've ever heard in my life. Because, first of all, that is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all not sexual. 200, over 200 million women you're labeling dysfunctional. Um, that's fucked up in so, many, in so many ways. Because, yes, for some women, they, the, the type of FGM they've had has, have, have somehow affected their ability to enjoy sex uh to enjoy sex 
However, there is, I believe most of us who have been so traumatized psychologically that we have been convinced by not only society, but we have also convinced ourselves that we cannot feel anything. And I'm a big believer in what you think is what you will feel. Mm -hmm. So if you think that you cannot feel anything and you will not feel pleasure, you will not fucking feel pleasure. You will not see pleasure. You will not hear pleasure. You will not acknowledge pleasure will not come to you. And in the time where I was negative and I was, to be honest, it's not even my fault. I was traumatized. Um, it was definitely I noticed not your that, fault. Yeah, it's really not my fault. But I noticed that I wasn't enjoying sex. I was really uncomfortable. I was going to ask you that. It Has it been pleasurable for you? It, it never used to be. Mm-hmm. But then I started thinking, hold up. What would I like? Like, like let me actually think about what I like. Like, what? positions I like or right. what type of um like where are my um um like just exploring like your sexuality points. right yeah where are my pressure points like where like what do I like what what turns me on what I started asking myself these questions because what I never did no one has ever done um not my first um so-called husband um, which I refer to as my rapist. He never asked me what I like. My second husband, which I made, I I chose to marry him um, out of my own free will after I got my uh, non-existent divorce from my rapist. And I remember when I got married to my second husband, I felt so uncomfortable some days. I couldn't even tell him so I had to fake that fucking shit and I didn't even know how to fake shit because I had mm, zero experience right so, so, so when I told you girl women <laughs> it is so easy to fake shit but did he know you was faking it nigga did not know nothing he did not know fuck all he was living his best absolute best life <laughs> he thought he was doing something child he was doing the absolute most god bless him and it worked for him. It just didn't for me. Right. But because I didn't know what I wanted, I never really thought about sex as this enjoyable, fun experience. But then when I realized he was having so much fucking fun, I thought I want some of that. <laughs> you know, you're, you know, being on top of me and you enjoying it. And I'm not just did not make sense to me. And I thought, listen, I've been called a hoe my whole life. I've been called a slut my whole life. I've been accused of things I've never done in my life. Like, my name has been dragged through the dead since I was a child. So I thought to myself, now that I'm in a marriage, let me actually explore this shit. Let me right. find out what I like. Let me see if it's even fucking possible. So I started, you know, fantasizing in my head, for example, mm-hmm. like pumping myself up for the moment. Um I started changing my view of sex, uh, thinking more positively about it. Like mm. really looking forward to the perspective right. of having an enjoyable sexual experience. And then boom, I started feeling. Not only feeling, but I'm able to like it, th- like thoroughly enjoy it. Right. And then I started to think, then those doubts creep in and you think to yourself, oh shit, but 
can I actually like is this all I'm supposed to feel mm. is this it is this enough and then you go back and forth and you, and you think am I like if I was normal would I have felt more like I always wanted to know was there more is there more is there more and sometimes I do think here and there like is there more but I try to do less of that now right and live in the moment and enjoy what I do have um but what I do know is like for example squirting I, I don't remember the percentage but not a lot of women can do that child let me find out you trying to squirt over there girl I didn't know that I could do that but I, I it it happened child, and okay. when I tell you I have never been more shocked in my entire life what did I you do child this is PhD after dark right now <laughs> This is turned. It has turned. It's dark. Yeah. Hours. So when you and realized that you was able to squirt, I think I squirted before. I think I squirted. Depending on the I, person I was with. Yeah. Many times. I was so embarrassed when it happened, though. I was like, what the fuck? But when it happened, I was, I, I was like, I was so happy because I was able to achieve it. But then I was also very embarrassed because I thought, oh, fuck, that I just pissed myself. Right. But um, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. I really did give fun. I wanted to prove a point and I proved a point to Good myself. For you. So from that moment onwards, I was no longer insecure about sex. Mm-hmm. I was no longer insecure because if you're having fun, I bet I will have fun. Even if I'm thinking about someone else, I will enjoy myself. <laughs> I don't care. I will come. That's <laughs> what I'm what talking about. Do you know what I mean? But a lot of women have been um, programmed not to think about sex, not mm-hmm. to think about enjoying and not to think about the sensations, not to think about what they like. And it's like, no, fuck that. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. There is nowhere in, in the Quran, the Bible, the, the, the Torah that says women cannot enjoy sexual pleasure. Otherwise, God would not have sent me down on this planet with a clitoris if he did not want one on me. Right. Speaking of God, how has FGM affected your relationship with him? Um, FGM did not affect my relationship with God, but, um, my forced marriage and marital rape almost did. And I think the combined trauma almost did, um, because I was constantly hearing that it was because of religion, because of religion, because of religion. And I felt like Islam was being taken and literally mocked by its own uh, followers because you're taking something that is so haram, that is so against Islamic practices, and you're saying, yeah, I'm going to cause this harm, but it's okay by because religion said I could do it. No, you're going to hell. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I don't know what you thought you were, but you, you didn't know. <coughs> so I was constantly being told that marital rape was okay. And being as brutal as it was and knowing that I had FGM, which was not accept, uh, acceptable in Islam, to be raped on top of that and then to be told, actually, it's okay, it was the will of God. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I started doubting my religion and I thought, actually, this cannot be possible. I don't right. want to be part of a religion that accepts this. Um, But it focused more on my rape, I'm not going to lie, because I thought... Like, what the fuck? Like, right. only it was me and God and that man was in that room. Mm. And to think, to, for people to say, especially my own family members, to say the people who are supposed to be teaching me and correcting me and educating me are saying these um, fucked up things about their own religion. 
it, it, it really took me by surprise. So I did some research and I remember I came across this video on YouTube that needs to be banned a the f- a fuck is that ASAP. And he basically he basically Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. 
I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He basically, in the oh, he fucked up. He he started narrating parts of the Quran and translating it in a way that suited him. Mm. Uh, but he was basically saying, yeah, women are a field of just a field, and God said we can do whatever the fuck we want with the field. Right. Um, so and that's dangerous. Marriage or rape is okay. So when I heard that, I thought, okay, I definitely cannot be part of this. But then something inside of me was telling me, why are you believing what people are saying? Are you not, can you, do you not have eyes? Do you not have ears? Go and search for yourself. Go and actually search the scriptures. People who are, um, search for something that makes sense to you. Right. You know? So I went and I, the first thing I searched for was to see if there were any rights of women in Islam. And it turns out that there are so many rights for women in Islam. Is 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 the most fascinating thing I have ever seen. Mm. It's the most beautiful, but the most fascinating thing I have ever seen in my life. And I have never seen that part of Islam as a woman, and it's for me, and I have never seen it. Wow! And it shows the responsibility that you have upon your brother your father, your husband, the male members of your family. Right. Bitch, I was poor. According to Islam, I was brought onto this earth to worship, um, be a vessel, if possible, if God wills it, to birth a child and live in peace. <laughs> that is the only reason why I was put on this fucking planet as a female, okay? None of this bullshit was ever made for me. Mm-hmm. I was never meant to be taken care of any financial. Res- I have zero re- financial responsibility. Zero. Mm. None. Ap- apart from to myself. Right. That's it. Right. Right. Um, even kids. that they, I'm, I'm supposed to pop them out. You're supposed to provide what to feed them, what to clothe them, what to... Uh, uh, you're supposed to go teach them. It's, none of right. that shit is my problem. You know? It's the discipline, the love, the... 
the warmth of a mother, the warmth of a wife, you know, that's the energy that I bring. And I can only do that when I have a mind. When you have you peace. Know, for mind. Right. Right. You know, even God told you, if your wife is peaceful, your home is going to be peaceful. If your wife ain't peaceful, then your house is probably not well, going to be Listen, that's why they say happy wife, happy life. You said it in every language, but the people don't be listening. They're not listening. Mm-hmm. So when I looked at that, I was like, shit. Like, I am actually the shit. And it's like, I was like, listen, if the man is not coming with this energy, I'm, I'm, whether you're a dad, a brother, a husband, I don't care who you are. If you want to be in my circle and, you know, close to me and you don't come with that energy, I would rather be without you. Absolutely. Because at that point, you're the same as me. Absolutely. And I already got me, nigga. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, no. No, no, no. Because the reason why I say as me is like you're the same as a woman. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I got you. (laughs) I got you. A man is supposed to be a hundred, but he's not a hundred because he's any better, right? Or any wiser. You're a hundred because of your fucking a hundred and one responsibilities, right? Me, I'm a fifty because I have fifty percent of those responsibilities, and even those fifty percent, most of it is to worship God. There you go. That's it. You know, to love and adore you, treat you like the king that you are. Obviously, I married you. You would get that treatment, right? You know, but if you ain't doing your part. You're, you're, you're a woman just like me sit down be a 50 you know <laughs> let's share and let's figure this shit out together let's figure this shit out together then we can do 50-50 but apart from that I've learned my worth I could tell you that much and I I'm couldn't have done that if I didn't look into my religion and learn for myself ultimately mm-hmm. we have two more questions y'all because it is pushing two o'clock where she's at almost, <laughs> in the morning almost. um how was your pregnancy? Because I know you have a daughter. My pregnancy was tough mentally. Mm. Um, physically, my pregnancy, I, to be honest with you, I, have, I feel so fucking blessed because I only had a three-hour labor. Oh, nice. Um, I threw up once throughout my whole pregnancy and that's how I found out I was pregnant because I don't throw up right um so I knew something was off but apart from that I hated the smell of meat mm-hmm. being cooked I hated spicy things the smell of spicy stuff like peppers chilies like anything like that um and funny enough my daughter doesn't eat meat and she doesn't mm. eat spicy food so That's that shows she was telling me no no right um but i had a really easy pregnancy but i remember when i found out that i was pregnant in my mind i kept repeating in my head because my mom passed away so i kept repeating in my head um what my mom said to me and she said because I was the most troubled child, mm-hmm. uh, most bad behaved one, um, I was told, you know, that she had the worst. Her labor with me was by far the worst, along with my older brother. Mm. And she used to say to me, because I'm the girl, I wish that you have the same labor experience I did with you so that you could see, like, what I went through or what I went wow. through with you, you know? And I don't think she meant it in a horrible way. I think she meant like I had a really bad pregnancy, but I don't think you appreciate 
like me as a parent i think i think we've heard that from almost every single black parent right out here in this fucking world but we're constantly reminded so that was in the back of my mind and i was like shit man this woman she actually cursed me like she cursed me i say this woman but i love my mother um and i remember i used to constantly th- think about it and i used to cry and i used to think fuck like it's actually gonna come true because like she's dead do you know now superstition mm-hmm. when someone says something and the people are like yeah if your mom said that this is gonna happen it's not gonna fucking happen okay your mother is not gonna wish the worst on you unless she's a fucking narcissist even right what are you gonna accept that for you um but i remember in my early pregnancy i actually physically tried to take my child out of me um i know that sounds fucked up but i was so mentally fucked like when i tell you i was so paranoid that i would either die on that table because of my fgm i would have some sort of complication that Mm. would cause something and i don't think i was mentally prepared for any of that and i thought hit my mother-in-law and my in-laws were horrible and my marriage wasn't great. So right. I just, it was just, everything was too much. So I used to like, when people say, oh, don't bend down. I used to bend down. Uh, don't run up the stairs. I used to run the fuck up the stairs. Wow. Don't run down the stairs. Don't mm-hmm. pick this up. I used to pick it up. Just so that I can try provoke a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. My daughter said, no, <laughs> not today. Right. Because <laughs> you're going to have this baby. <laughs> yeah, she she's stuck. She's stuck. She said, I ain't going nowhere. Um but like I said, I had a really easy pregnancy. And when it came to my nine months, by then I was fed up. I was really depressed. Um, even though I had an easy pregnancy, I was just fed up. I hated pregnancy. I had the easiest pregnancy and I hated my easy pregnancy. I hate having something inside of me that I can't see. Mm. I hate the fact that it moves inside of me like a fucking snake. Right. Um, the fact that it kicks... I have someone pushing down on my bladder um, every every day. I can't enjoy the same foods anymore. I just really could not take it mentally. I just and it was heavy. It was just heavy. And, and you know, a lot of women feel like this too. I felt like shit, and I felt even more shitty because I felt like that about my own pregnancy. Because I thought, oh my god, like you hate your child. Because people glamorize everything. Don't fuck. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, you could do. You could do without it. Believe you, fucking right. me. You know, if you enjoy your sleep, if you enjoy your money, enjoy that shit. Single. Um, but no, I have children. They're amazing. Um, <laughs> each to their own. Let me tell you that. But my daughter's a blessing, so I can't block other people's blessings. Um, but uh, I remember when it hit nine months this woman came to see me and she checked um she examined me and she goes oh um i think we're just gonna add one more week i looked at her and i said listen unless you want the baby and myself to die you better find a way to take this child out of me i don't care how you do it i don't care where you do it i need this child out of me this week right it was a sunday and i think she actually took me serious and she should have taken me serious because like I was going, my mind was going suicidal. Like I, I did not give a fuck anymore. Like right. it was really bad. And I was re- like, my marriage was going horrible as well. So it was just, it was too much. 
And then she gave me two options. One was that Tuesday. So it was a Sunday. So one appointment was that Tuesday to be induced or the Friday. I said Tuesday because I was not about to wait until Friday. I said, fuck Tuesday. There's nothing on Monday, right? Okay, Tuesday. So I went there on Tuesday. They induced me. They broke my water. And it actually, when I got to the hospital, I was already four centimeters. So right. at home, when I was examined, I was two centimeters, but my water didn't break. So it gave me like more of a option to be induced because of that. So at the hospital, no pain, no nothing, four centimeters, six centimeters uh, after I was um, induced. Um, and then they broke my water. And all I see is this green shit. And I said, what the <laughs> fuck is that? And she's like, shit, yeah, your daughter took a shit inside of you. Oh, my God. And then I was like, so you wanted me to wait a week. Child. My daughter lived inside of me with her own shit. Right. So my child could have died or could have had really serious health complications. Or you could have got really sick. Or I could have died. Or I could have, I saw it could have happened. Right. So I was kind of grateful that I made the fuss that I did because I think God was pushing me to have this child. Right. So again, my labor was very short. Um, well, I'm I glad you didn't daughter. have any complications. I didn't have any complication because by then I ripped enough because of the rape. I ripped enough that uh, my I was I was exposed enough for me to have a natural birth. Right. Um absolutely no complications i actually requested the doctor to cut me um and she refused and i was like bitch this is not the time or the day or the no this is this is you cannot refuse me i don't know who you think you are right and then me and her are going back and forth and my child's head is like a little bit out of my like it's showing it's exposed and she's explaining it to me she's like you can do it i can feel everything i can feel the burning i can feel the scratching i can feel it felt like I was being circumcised or having my FGM procedure done all over oh again. I don't think they considered that at all. Right. And because I had the epidural, but it didn't work because they did it too late. Right, right, right. So I felt every single thing. So I remember I had my legs up on these um, two, two um, I don't know. To position yourself. Holders. Yeah, to position yourself. And I took both my legs off and I put my legs together and the doctors are going absolutely fucking berserk. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? You need to uh, um, open your legs. Your daughter's head is showing. You're going to suffocate her. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. You're not listening to me. You're going to get me killed. Right. Like, you're not, you're not listening. Like, you're actually scaring me. And then they're like, what do you want me to do? I told you to cut me do you know how much it took for me as a survivor of fgm to say cut me mm. it took a lot and i'm telling you to come in because in my mind it's like i can already sense what's gonna happen and i felt like i was gonna rip back forth and fr like i was gonna rip oh my so God. i told her to cut me this bitch convinced me to put my legs back on put my legs back on
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. 
Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This bitch convinced me to put my legs back on. I put my legs back on, and then she cuts me the tiniest bit. Oh, my God. I think it needed like three stitches. Literally risked my whole life. But thank God nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And my baby, whoop, she came out. And then my a week later, my daughter actually couldn't physically breathe because she pulled inside of me and they didn't do anything about it. They didn't examine her properly. And she went absolutely purple. And I thought my child was going to die. Um, but again, there's a massive lack of education even within the medical health, uh, medical uh Industry. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of um institutional racism. The fact that your pain is not believed, your oh yeah, you're just not believed as a woman, but as a black woman, fuck my life. Yeah, it would take you to die for these all to be close to death for anyone to listen the to the medical you. system and the relationship it has with women of color is 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 insane. We could talk about that all day. But well, it, listen, it, it goes listen, back into the history. Can't talk about anything because, first of all, America is not a real person. It's not a. It's not a real place to me. Mm-hmm. It's not a real place because imagine the things that black women have to struggle with in this country, like the UK, where medical health is essential. That's why our medical um, industry is free. Right. You know, medical care is free in America. You have to deal with the fucked up discrimination on top of that you have to pay for it <laughs> you have to pay to be discriminated against whilst you're sick yeah. thousands of pounds this is real debt this is real money yeah nah yeah nah, it would be cheaper to i don't even want to say that but it would be cheaper to you might as well that. just off yourself <laughs> yes that's what i was about to say yeah good. But it would be cheaper. I ought to go to prison. Like, yeah, do you get free healthcare in prison in America? Yeah. Child. I would rather do that then. Nah, yeah. bro. What the hell? No, it's too much. It's too much. I, I could not do it. I could not do it. You guys are better than me. I could tell you that much. I swear to God. Last but not least, how can we stop FGM? FGM 
the only way female genital mutilation is ever going to stop is through education. Mm-hmm. And this isn't just, oh, yeah, um, you know, watching Shamsa talk about it or watching other few other women talk about it as in actually having these conversations within your uh you know group of friends or your colleagues or having these conversations everywhere making sure that people genuinely know about this practice know that you know we need the support of every single body living on this planet in order to pressure countries in order to stop this to educate women that this is not okay that this is that should not be happening but uh, like people say, oh, FGM needs to start by 2000 and I don't know, 35, 2040. Um, you know, that that's very unlikely to happen. Okay. Because like I said, this is something that ha- that predates both Islam and Christianity. This is not something that's um, exclusive to one community. It is so widespread affect everyone that you will not get to every single place mm-hmm. within these years that people have picked or organizations have picked to eliminate fgm that is not reality the most that we can do is genuinely educate but also educate our western society in stopping the practice within our countries in terms of medicalizing it we need to stop medical fgm mm-hmm. That shit needs to stop. You will stay with right. the vagina that you came with. I, I don't give a fuck whether you think it's wonky, bunky. I don't care. Listen, you better take that hot pocket the way it is, child. Take that shit because I'm sorry, but these dicks don't come straight. Shiny. They sure don't. Uh, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, ugly dicks. Know, no, it comes with a lot of, you know, shit too. So we have to deal with that. They have to deal with it. Right. Grown ass people. You know, man up, woman up. It is what it is. Right. Like when it comes to human genitalia, no one should be saying about anything about anyone else's genitalia. It's too big. It's too small. So like just, if you ain't going to satisfy you, move on or find someone else that will. Just stop focusing on young girls' vaginas. That is weird. That's pedophilia behavior, to be honest with you. That's Mm -hmm. in my opinion. And you know what? One more thing, because I feel like once people hear to hear your story and they see the name of this episode, what is some advice you would give to survivors of female genital mutilation? Because I feel like this they is have- going to attract a lot of people, and this is going to definitely bring a lot of awareness. But I also feel like this is going to give a voice to those who felt like they didn't yes. have a voice. I want to remind them that they do have a voice. I also want to remind them that they have lived. I don't know how old they are, but you have lived up to the number that you are currently with resilience and bravery and courage to even continue living your life after the traumas that you have faced and continue to be a serving member of the community, you know, to be able to put a smile on your face um, and majority of us live on survival mode but the one thing that i would say is please speak do not allow this practice to continue being shameful Mm. do not allow your body parts to continue being shameful my vagina should not be um uh, should not be the um what controls the honor of my family that makes absolutely no sense. Why is my vagina based on your, like, 
why are those linked? Why is my why is your why is the family honor dependent on my vagina? Mm-hmm. It makes no sense, and it shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't be ashamed. You shouldn't be frightened. You should seek help, right. ask, talk. You know, otherwise we will continue to suffer, and mm-hmm. our children will continue to suffer. So you have to ultimately make a choice. Do you want to leave this earth making a difference and be able to face your God and say that you have tried, mm-hmm. that you have ended it within your bloodline? Uh, uh, you bloodline. gave it all, right. You know, but if you uh, sit quiet and, and turn a blind eye and ignore the problem, believe you me, one day you will be asked, why did you not say anything? Right. Why did you not do your part? Why did you not help? And you know, you are allowing or contributing to the murder of millions of girls mm. by staying silent. And I'm not saying as survivors, you know, you're responsible for their deaths. No, you're not. But we all have a responsibility, responsibility. to speak against harmful practices. Mm-hmm. Even in religion, in almost every single religion, it says that we are, we must seek justice. We must. In Islam, it says we can seek justice even if it's against our own family. Even if it's against ourselves. So if religion is saying that, then why the fuck are we silent about a a harmful practice that is practiced and Islam is manipulated and used to excuse it? Mm -hmm. Where are the millions and billions of Muslims who know that this isn't part of the religion? Why are you not saying anything? The religious leaders, why are they not saying anything? Right. The mosque leaders, why are they not saying anything? Even in Christianity, churches, why are they not saying anything? Mm-hmm. Right. Why are community members not saying anything? Why isn't this a wider fucking discussion? Or is it, or, you know, uh, we have to pretend to the Western society that, oh, my country don't do this no more. Or there's there's a law in my country that says, oh, it's banned. I don't give a flying fuck what your country says. Right. Your country is lying. Whilst the girls are suffering. So as long as you are fighting for the girls and the men are helping to support the women, don't don't be, I'm not saying men should be at the forefront. I don't think men should be at the forefront of this fight. I think women should be at the forefront of this fight because they need to acknowledge that this is wrong. They need to face this fact Mm -hmm. because men cannot fix this problem for women. They cannot continue to live in a society where we're just going to wait until a man solves our problems. Either we solve it or millions of girls are going to die. Mm. It's as simple as that. We need to speak. We need to use our voices. We need to be an example. For example, I'm 30. If I die, God forbid, and my daughter is what, eight years old now, and I die right now. If my, her father's side take my daughter, by any chance, take her back to Somalia, they will do FGM on her. Then what? So it's not just me as the mother who is in control. I I will lose control at some point. You know, leaving her with family members, it could right. happen. Mm-hmm. Leaving her with her father, it could happen. Leaving her with her grandma, it could happen. Actually, not with me, eh? But parents do do that without a second thought. Right. Because this is family. But family can also inflict this um, trauma onto your child. And then what are you going to say? Oops, I didn't know. Right. Oops, I didn't know it was going to happen. No, you need to make it clear. You need to make it clear. I do not support female genital mutilation. If you try to do it to any member of this family, 
I will report you. They ain't going to do it after that. Right. But if we don't speak and we just pretend this doesn't happen in our community, it's not that much, it's not that, then it's never going to end and it's just going to spread. And our girls suffer. So. Well, I, I think this was an amazing conversation. I, we, we're going to definitely keep in contact because I definitely want to include you in some things that I am working on. And I'm very passionate about this because I believe that, like my daddy, Malcolm X says, the most unprotected yes. person in the world is the black woman child. Yes, <laughs> I believe that, honestly. So I, I think just, when black women do this work, they do it with all their hearts and soul. We do it with everything inside everything. of us. Honestly, and it means so much. And to be honest, so many women have done it and have passed on. You know, they, they're mm-hmm. no longer living. And it's just another generation of women who are now doing it. And every gen- every generation, there's more and more women getting into social activism. So I'm like, I'm here for it. And I want yeah. more women to be able to empower themselves in a positive way, not the toxic feminine uh, feminine feminine femininity femininity mm-hmm. but the positive one you know the one way you are respectful and and uh, um, you have you know your your set morals no one is telling you have these morals your own set morals right you know um doing things for yourself teaching yourself self-love you know mm-hmm. how to value yourself how to uh, control your emotions how to better yourself how to um, no one has the I don't know I don't know man people nowadays they're like you need this to elevate you need this you need you don't need shit apart from yourself and actual faith in yourself and a faith higher in power yourself would take you That's far a hundred percent if you don't have faith in yourself then what's the point <laughs> what is the fucking point you're but living to, through everybody else but to my guests I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, we all have a responsibility to join the fight to end female genital mutilation, as well as encourage and support those who are survivors of female genital mutilation to use their voices. This is a violation of the human rights of girls and women. And this is a global concern and it won't stop until we start. Yes, I agree. So to my guests, thank you so much for coming on the show. And to the listeners, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please make sure to email me at hello at the phdpodcast.com. And until next time, everyone. Take care. Bye. Later. The Professional Homegirl Podcast is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. And you can connect with me on social media at the PHG Podcast. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to Brand New on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 